Hi, my name is Esther, and today we're going to be talking about cursed objects, a somber statue, and a killer dresser. Keep listening to find out what the hell happened. Hi, welcome to What the Hell Happened. I am here today with Alice, my love. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Alice has not been here and recorded since we redid the studio. I have not. No. It's beautiful. Thank you. I'm, I'm very excited. I am excited to just have the sound better. So we yes. upgraded everything and Alice even is wrapped in a fuzzy blanket. She's she's ready. I know. <laughs> I have some chai tea. I'm wrapped in a fuzzy blanket. We're she's ready, to she's go. ready for story time. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I wanted to also recognize that it is November and it is Alice's birthday month. Oh, it is. Yes. <laughs> and I thought that it might be fun if each month we did a little thing where we read a serial killer birthday buddy. Each month I'm going to pick a serial killer that's birthday is in that month and then everybody out there, you'll know if your birthday's in that month who your serial killer birthday buddy <laughs> is. Do you want to hear yours? Uh, yes. Okay. I'm excited. There were a couple. I will read the other names, but they're ones that are just so common and we've heard a million times. So I wanted to give you one that was a little, oh, a little okay. different. One that you may not have heard of. So the, the ones that are pretty normal are Ted Bundy. Of course. <laughs> which I feel like you already know. I knew that. Yeah. Yes. I thought, I think that you were hoping I was going to read Ted Bundy, but I'm not. I can give you his stats. Uh, Theodore Bundy, age at first kill, 18. Uh, years undiscovered, 14. It's wow. It's a long time. That's almost as long, you know. Yeah. As he had been yeah. alive at his first Seriously, kill. Yeah. yeah. The number of victims was 36. So many. And he was born November 24th, 1946. Okay. Yeah, the older I get, it's it's wild to hear that he was born in 46. That seems <laughs> so long ago, but... It really does, Yeah. But. I'm going to save these other two for next November. But that is the most... Big name one. Yes, for which November. I totally knew that. Yes. So your birthday buddy is going to be a killer called the Kindly Killer. <laughs> and his name is Dennis Nielsen. Have you ever heard of him? Nope. Okay, good. Age at first kill is 33. Years undiscovered is five. So not not as good as Bundy, but I don't think many of them were. <laughs> <laughs> right. He, he couldn't conceal it as well as Bundy. No, no. Um, and then his number of victims was 12 to 15. So it seems like there's a few in there they're like not, they not sure know. of, right? And then he was born November 23rd, 1945. So kind of the same age as Bundy. Um, really close. Real close, within like two years, Really close to my dad's exact birthday, too. Oh, well, I'm going to show you a picture of this guy <laughs> just in case. <laughs> Is this my dad? Oh, my. I don't know. Let me read you this little, little, little facts on him here, and uh, then I'll show you a picture, and we will confirm or deny <laughs> whether this is your father. Okay. I really hope not, because I like your father. <laughs> So Dennis Nielsen is a serial killer and a necrophiliac. Oh. Yeah. Let's really hope it's not your dad. Yeah. Uh, also known as the Muswell Hill murderer. 
and also known as the Kindly Killer, who committed the murders of 15 young men in London, England, between 1978 and 1983. Oh. He died in prison on May 12th, 2018. So just a few years ago, yeah, really. really close. Okay, so he's dead, not your dad. Not Pretty dad. pumped about that. Oh. It's kind of interesting looking, right? Yeah. Super normal, though. Yeah. I, I wish it looks I'd like ex- he works in IT. <laughs> it, you know, mm-hmm. really, you got to look out for those IT guys. He really looks like it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it, it's got a manic factor on it. It does have a manic <laughs> factor. <laughs> so that is your birthday buddy this year. Oh, a necrophiliac is my birthday mm-hmm. buddy. Hey, he's kindly. <laughs> he's kindly. Well, when you read who he killed, it's that kind of kindly. Oh, it's, it's not too the, kindly. <laughs> right. It's not the the nice kind of kindly. Like creeper overly kindly. Yes. Got it. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I don't I don't think I'd want to hang with that guy. Nope. <laughs> so would you like to hear a story? Yes. All right. Today we're gonna do something a little bit different. We haven't covered any anything like this yet. Um, so I, I think we may do a few of these episodes because there are so many of these. Okay. But we're going to do cursed objects. Oh. I knew you would be happy. I know. As long as we're not going to do this in like a Zach, whatever his name is, kind of way. The guy from Ghost Hunter or whatever. Oh, not Ghost Baggins, Hunter. whatever. Yes. I don't, I don't like that guy. He yeah. is. He just is so douchey. He's like, so douchey. <laughs> he hosted the Halloween Bake Off this year and wasn't even there. What? Like, it was hosted from a TV set. He doesn't leave his no. cursed museum. object museum anymore. Right. He just, like, lives there now, I think. Right. Yeah, I am not... You're just not a huge fan of that dude. No. Yeah. I. He seems so fake to me. I don't know if we're going to put this in the podcast or not, but <laughs> I, yeah. And, and you know, hate me out there, if you will, if you like Zach Beggins or whatever you, however you pronounce his last name. I, I could never watch his ghost adventure show. No. I, I tried watching it, but it seemed. So fake. So fake. Like, so staged, so rehearsed. So let's just run around and scream. Yeah. I love ghost hunters. Me too. Because I like there to be a skeptic and say, this is yes. not what happens. But, oh my gosh, Ghost Adventures is so obnoxiously it's annoying. so bad. There's nobody saying, hey, let's pr- disprove this. There's yeah. no anyone trying to think at all. No. No. I agree. I it's just I, like, ah! I can't get on that train, and I know that there are a lot of people that have. Um, I, I mean, I, I still like you if you like Zach Baggins, but I personally, not a fan. You know what? He's doing his thing. He's making money. He's definitely making money. That's for you Gotta do sure. what you gotta do. I get it. So, all right. Today is Cursed Objects, a somber statue, and a killer dresser. A killer dresser? Yes. I picked two that would I thought would appeal to you. So you you like creepy statue sculptures, and this one is, is. in a graveyard. So oh, I love it. I knew Alrighty. you would. But a dresser. That's very yes. exciting. A killer okay. dresser. <laughs> All right. I mean, how, I, I is it like Beauty and the Beast where it opens up its drawers and it's like, ah. No. <laughs> Uh, that's that's an enchanted dresser, <laughs> not a killer dresser. Yeah, but still, how how does a dresser kill one? 
And with Good that- question. Good. Well, okay. we're going to find out. Okay. But first, we're going to talk about Black Aggie. I have Black Aggie up on the screen here. So I'm going to give you a little bit of history on Black Aggie here. In 1885, a woman by the name of Clover Adams was laid to rest, much to the dismay and grief of her husband, Henry Adams. Henry commissioned a memorial sculpture for his beloved wife from an artist by the name of Augustus St. Gardens. He asked him to make it so that it had the feel of esteem. Gardens set to work on the sculpture, and it took him over four years to complete. It was placed at Clover's gravesite in 1891 and was called one of the most powerful and expressive pieces in the history of American art. The memorial became simply known as Grief. She is beautiful, though. Yeah, she is pretty. She, we got a picture of her up here that I'll post, but she's riding a horse, and she looks very elegant. Clover. I like that name. I do, Clover. Too. I think that's cute. I don't think I've ever known anybody named Clover. Mm. So <laughs> <laughs> the sculpture is that of a woman completely shrouded in what looks to be a long cloak or robe with a hood loosely draped over her head, somewhat obscuring her face. She is seated and has her right hand placed under her right cheek. Her eyes are closed. It definitely looks like grief. Definitely a beautiful sculpture. Um, so It is, and... For being made out of stone, it is incredibly fluid. It's big. It looks yeah. like fabric. Yeah, it and this is incredible. like a big life-size or bigger-than-life-size um, memorial sculpture. And she's seated on a pedestal, too. She's got – there's like a concrete back to her and like a concrete base that she's on. It's definitely ginormous. Yeah. That thing at le- is at least 10 feet tall. Oh, yeah. it's It's massive. The Grief Memorial had become a popular site for curious seekers and was made even more mysterious because Henry refused to speak about his wife's death, and he also refused to have an inscription put on the monument. He also had it positioned behind a row of shrubs, making it hard to find. In 1905, a man named General Felix Angus purchased a memorial statue from an artist named Edward Posh. The sculpture was that of extreme likeness to the Grief Memorial. Shortly after Grief was placed at the cemetery, Henry Adams claimed that someone had made a cast of the sculpture that was evident by traces of casting materials left on the head and the face. If you hadn't already guessed, the sculpture that General Angus purchased was none other than the stolen copy of the original. That is such bull. Yeah. So let me show you a picture of this of this fake. So the first one I showed you is the original. This is the fake. Oh, that one's definitely the fake. I can tell the difference. Yes. Yes. So that one is the fake one. It looks pretty identical, though. I mean. Pretty identical. Yeah. It's definitely a ripoff. Let's say that. <laughs> Still stunning. I actually think the ripoff is creepier. It's definitely more haunting, probably because when you do a cast, you don't actually get those deep crevices so it's a little less detailed and why is it blue was it actually made blue or is that like some sort I of think, funky I, ass i like... think it's from where okay yeah i would say it's from being outside and and whatever that happens to stuff you know oh yeah grow moss on it and 
whatever, and it turns colors. It does kind of look like it's got growth in the crevices of the bottom of the robe or whatever we're calling this. Uh, He had purchased the statue for use at his family's tomb and had begun building the monument in Druid Ridge Cemetery. The first person buried at the site was his mother. A year after the replica of grief was placed in Druid Ridge, the widow of Augustus St. Gardens, the original artist, penned a letter to Henry Adams telling him that she had found the reproduction of grief. It was nearly identical with the same base except that the knockoff had the name Angus carved into the bottom, and rather than being made of pink granite, it was more of a gray stone. So it definitely looks more blue. Uh, Again, I'd be furious. Oh, yes. She wasn't happy. It took four years to make. Yeah. And... I mean, copyright infringement. You can't just straight up go up to a stone and cast it and be like, no, this is mine now. Can you imagine, though, too, like being bold enough to go into – it's different when you're like – it takes less balls when you're sitting at home to pull up a picture of some piece of art and try copying it in the confines and the safety of your own home. Now, I mean, if you never do anything with that, if you just hang it on your wall, okay, fine, whatever. Call it a practice in art. But – Going to a graveyard. A cemetery. Yeah. The and lack of respect. Well, the lack of respect and just like the balls. You had to go to a place. Yeah. And then you had to put plaster Give on this hours thing. to rest. Let it dry. I mean, the odds of being caught should have been astronomical. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that no one got caught is pretty crazy. They must have did this. I'm telling you, if somebody tried to do this shit by my house, you better believe I'd be out there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't believe that no one saw this. Right, yeah. No me one neither. stopped it. That was the thing that struck me the most was how did this person not get caught? Maybe he worked for the cemetery or mm-hmm. had access after dark or something. Maybe he snuck in after dark. Yeah, maybe I like the watchman was doing some like shady back cemetery dealings (laughs) where he like sold access to the maybe to the statues made himself some money yeah i don't know it's weird somebody should have been caught for that (laughs) yes oh my gosh they're definitely a little different because uh, the way henry adams said that there were remnants of the casting material on the head and the face i don't know that they like fully casted the robes and everything so that was kind of left up to interpretation they're still very similar they do look different in the robe area oh for sure this one doesn't look as soft actually as the other one right this one looks very soft right the uh knockoff one yeah So Mrs. St. Gardens accused the general of being a barbarian for stealing someone else's work, to which he responded that he too was a victim of Edward Push. Mrs. St. Gardens demanded he hand over the sculpture and file a suit against Push. General Angus did just that and was awarded $4,500, but ultimately refused to hand over the sculpture. It was a win-win for him. Yeah. He kept the sculpture and he got money from the rip-off artist. I don't... I I I mean, I can understand where they're not going to make him tear down his 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 memorial memorial of his, you know, for his family. But... You know, what he ought to have done is that woman, you know, she's the one that said you need to go after this, again, con artist, rip-off artist. 
he should have given her some of that money that he Well, she should have got all the money. Yeah. And again, why is it his wife? Did he die? Did the artist die? Yes. He passed away. Okay. Yep. So, I mean, obviously, all of the payment should have gone to her. To her. Not any to this guy. I I feel like that, too. What what he should have been awarded was, you get to keep the statue. We're going to award you this money for the wrongdoing that the other guy did, but we're going to require you to give it to the widow. Of the artist, the original artist. All right. In 1922, the general's wife died. And three years later, he also passed away at 86. They were both laid to rest at the feet of the statue. By this point, the sculpture had gained a lot of lore around its dark feel and less than upstanding existence. This is how it came to have the name Black Aggie by those who happened to see it. For whatever reason, she became something of an object to be avoided and afraid of. As her legend grew, it was said that her eyes would glow at midnight and that she would come to life and wander the graveyard after dark. And anyone who looked into her eyes when open would themselves be blind. If a woman bearing a child passed through her shadow, they would suffer a miscarriage. And oddly, grass never grew in the monument shadow. Well, it's ginormous. Right. And nothing's going to grow in a giant shadow. Right. They were planting full sun grass. Right. And what they needed to plant was shade grass. Right. I'm already, mushrooms. I'm already calling BS on that one. I figured that one out. Can, I mean, we could probably grow mushrooms there. I mean, what, which could lead to all the hallucinations. Maybe. I We've solved it. We've solved it. That's right. <laughs> Story over. Also poisonous. Yes. So it could cause miscarriages. And blindness. And then forbid. <laughs> and blindness. <laughs> yes, we win this game. <laughs> oh, we're just too good at this. Yep. One story is that of a local fraternity who, not buying into any of the lore of the Black Aggie, decided to use her in their initiation. The newbies uh, were to sit on her lap all night, and during one of these initiations, she apparently came to life and killed one of the boys. Oh. I have no proof of this for you, but it's fun, right? Uh Uh-huh. So I would assume that one of the boys probably was you know alcohol poisoned right. and froze to death and they had to make up a story <laughs> right, right. <laughs> blame the poor statue <laughs> in another story a watchman heard screams he ran and he found himself at the black eggy statue there he found the lifeless body of a man at her feet okay that's that's the end of that one there's there's not a lot of detail did he kill himself was I, he bloody I, you know <laughs> again I've literally found two sentences about that account. I wish I knew more, but it, that in itself is concerning for me as far as the validity of any of these stories because there's not much detail and I just don't know. There's no real dark past to this thing is how I feel. Well, Like it got stolen, but the real one didn't get stolen. It just got copied. So what? What? what would there be? What reason would there be for this statue to be killing people? The lady that it was made for is pissed off. You think she's haunting the copy? And yeah. <laughs> she wakes up at night to roam yeah. and cannot because she's lost. She's in the wrong place. Oh, I, I like that. 
I didn't think of that. She's looking for her resting place and can't oh, find it. She's hard. looking for her husband and he isn't there. Oh, that made me sad mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Good job. I think she is That's definitely. And yeah, I think it's sad. I think the whole story sad. is sad. It is sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Artists don't know. actually pour themselves into their work. Yeah, literally. Literally. <laughs> yeah, maybe the artist isn't there. Maybe there's a whole slew of spirits inhabiting this memorial statue <laughs> that are like trying to, you know, warn people or ward people off or they're just pissed. They're just pissed yeah. that this thing exists. They're just angry. Here's a good one. You're going to like this one. In 1962, a watchman on patrol noticed that one of Aggie's arms was missing <gasps> and appeared to have been cut off. Later, officers found the arm in the trunk of a man's car. When questioned, he told them that he had been in the cemetery and that Black Aggie had cut it off herself and given it to him. Oh. He went to jail. (laughs) He went to jail for what, though? He went to jail. overnight for cutting the arm off? Well, yeah, he went, he went to, I mean, that's pretty bad. Didn't just like deface it a little bit. You broke the thing, you know, and stole it. I don't know what kind of theft that is, but maybe a felony to steal from a cemetery. I'm not sure. What I'm laughing at is the fact that the judge was like, no, no, sir. She did not hand you the arm. (laughs) She clearly didn't do this. It said cut. Yeah. Not broken off. Oh, no. He cut it off, obviously, but said that Aggie cut it off herself and handed it to him. How do you cut marble? I don't know. You can't without a wet saw. I, again? So this mf either had a wet saw in his trunk or mm-hmm. this bitch did cut her own arm off. Well, where her arm is would have been all one piece. Right. It's weird. I, I don't know. Again, all of these are lore and I don't but think that any of these real. are real. It's not even a full piece of arm. No, no. So again, even if it was cut off. And I feel like it's attached. She's holding it up yeah. and it's touching like her chest and yeah. her torso. And she's got her fingers up under her cheek kind of. All of that is attached to the marble behind it. Right. How do you cut that off? That's what I'm saying. Right. It, there's no way that that arm could be removed without no. removing the shawl as well or cutting part of her face it wouldn't look like an arm when you cut it off because it's not a full arm it's a half of an arm right essentially yeah it goes down to an elbow which i just want to point out like she's got a real long like well and her legs are massive too yeah she looks i mean she's huge she's at least 10 feet tall yeah yeah she is she is enormous i could not imagine seeing that roaming around the graveyard at night (laughs) no but like i want to know how this arm looked because if it looked like a fucking arm I just and not love- like – it would be pieces. To try to remove that, you would have to chisel oh, it out. You would just break it. You yeah. wouldn't have an arm to you take. You wouldn't have an arm to take. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Maybe you could get the hand out in one piece. Maybe. Or but- like the, a finger or two because, yeah, I don't know. Not an arm. No. And – I do love I do love this story in particular though because I do love the visual of him just going for a stroll through the cemetery one night and there's Aggie and she just stands up and rips off her own arm and says, Here you go, passerby. I don't know. Mom. Have an arm. My husband works in a <laughs> shop where they cut marble. Right. I find it way more believable that this bitch ripped off her own arm than that guy cut, <laughs> cut that it arm off. off. Right. 
even with a wet saw. Oh, yeah. That's not coming off. It's finicky. It's not yeah. going to look like an arm. No. When that comes off. So that was one account that had more detail than the previous ones, right? But still, I don't believe it happened. The arm is clearly back on the statue. Clearly. And it doesn't look like it had ever been broken into tiny pieces. Or whoever repaired it did a great repair job. I don't know. But I don't think that that happened. Although it is the funniest of the claims. I do love it. I mean, to me, it's the most evident of haunting. Right. <laughs> because yeah. there is zero chance that anyone actually did that. Yes, zero. <laughs> after this point, so many people were visiting the site after dark and vandalizing it and trampling surrounding grave sites that in 1967, the Angus family decided to have Black Aggie donated to the Smithsonian Institution. Uh, she was put in storage for many years, never having been on display. Perhaps it was just too risky to do so. Yeah, risky. <laughs> yes. Or it was not cool enough to be on display right. at the Smithsonian. They were like, uh, it's a giant woman. Fake statue. Yeah. It's not even the original. It's a fake. Right, it's a knockoff. <laughs> and, I mean, the story is kind of fun, but it's not that fascinating, really. Right. I don't think... I think what I like most about it is just the lore behind what she's doing at night, you know? I think she's a weeping angel, like, from Doctor Who. Ooh, yeah. You got to keep looking at him to yep. get him to stop. Ooh, that would be creepy. I like that. That's what I see when I look at her. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think she's a weeping she's angel. that vibe. Yep. Yeah, I like it. All right, you brought some Doctor Who to the table. I'm happy about that. I know. I know. So um, it turns out, though, that the Smithsonian had given her away. What? Yes. So they had her in storage for a long time, and people started asking about her. And they were like, oh, we never had it. Well, then it comes out that they gave her away. And uh, she had been given to another museum where she was again put into storage and never displayed. People were like, no, no, we're good. We'll we'll warehouse the haunted statue, but we're not going to, like, let people look at her. And could you imagine how much room that thing took up in their store? I'm sure they have warehouses for museums. Oh, but I mean, have so you ever seen the museum? Of oh, yeah. course the Smithsonian gave her away. Yeah. They were like, this shit. I don't want that coming to life That's at night. That's right. Everything comes <laughs> to life at night, and we don't want her coming to life. <laughs> And now, yeah. Somebody that worked there was like you and me and we're like, mm-mm, that, that shit's too creepy. It's got to go. It's got to go. <laughs> if we keep her, we have to lock her in some kind of metal cage or something. Yep. Yeah. That's that's what I would do. Uh, so in 1996, the statue reappeared at the Federal Courts Building in Washington. And it is in the courtyard of the Dolly Madison House. So you can actually go see it now. Um, Weird. Yeah. So – so this is at in the courtyard at the Dolly Madison House in Washington. Um, so oh, can you zoom up on that arm? That arm looks janked. Oh, it does. Close up. Yeah, a little bit right there. It yeah. does. But above, well, yeah, I mean down here too at the elbow. Uh huh. Yeah, the hand looks okay though. Looks like somebody may have actually cut that off. That's creepy. It's haunting for it sure. It is haunting. I mean, she does look sad. But she's supposed to be haunting. Yeah. It is grief. I mean, you can feel it. But still beautiful piece of art. It's beautiful. For sure. That is our story on Black Eggy. I still just don't think that there was, you know, usually when you have a haunted object, like something traumatic happened around it. 
to me, it doesn't feel like enough of something happened around the statue for it to be as haunted as it claims to be. But like you said, I do like the idea that maybe the dead wife or the dead artist are not happy and they are just like, no, no, we're, you know, we're haunting this fake statue and they're just messing with people. But as a haunted object itself, I don't feel like there was enough tragedy around it. No, I think if anything, there was a lot more like people fucking with it. Mm -hmm. There was vandalism towards this poor sculpture. And And again, boys sitting on her lap. Yeah. I feel like, again, this is a copy of something. Total nonsense. Right. Yeah. We're not having a story about how creepy the original is. No. And you would think that the original would have more mysterious circumstances behind it because it was made for a dead wife who died Mm -hmm. fairly young and a grieving husband. And it's called grief. Why is the copy haunted? I think the copy is haunted because it's a copy. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's haunted because I think the, it, they're pissed off. I think it's the artist. I think he's pissed that it, that it even exists. Hey, let me just plaster that and make <laughs> me one too. This is why we can't have nice things. It is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> I think we pretty much got that as nailed down as we can. Our next story is called The Conjured Chest. Ooh, okay. I like the I do like the name. I know. I knew you would. I like the name. So a yes, lot. I picked a creepy old statue and antiques. <laughs> for I mean, your haunted objects. I'm very intrigued about this dresser. <laughs> um, so yes, the conjured chest is I love the name it. of this. In 1830, a man by the name of Jeremiah Graham, who was a cruel and rich slave owner in Kentucky, demanded that one of his workers make a chest of drawers for him. This worker, named Remus, and he was to build the dresser for Jeremiah's firstborn child. Remus, having no other choice, did as he was told. That is the chest. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It looks like hand carved on the pillars on that come down the mm-hmm. sides and got some burl wood going on in yeah, there. That it's, is it's beautiful. beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really beautiful piece. Either the knobs are pretty. I don't know if those are original, but I'm gonna assume they are. But they're really pretty. It's got what? One, two, three, four drawers. And each, each locks individually. Yeah, and each That's drawer has shocking. a little lock in the middle. Yeah. It's it's very beautiful. When given the chest of drawers, Jeremiah hated it so much that he beat Remus to death. Whoa! Yes. That is uncalled for. Uh, yeah, yeah. That is gorgeous, first of all. Also, but second of all, it's a dresser, buddy. Right, calm down. Calm down. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I think it's gorgeous. I would not be mad if somebody was like, here, I made this for you. I would be like, you... Say what now? You made this. You made that? Wow. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty This bad. is an evil dresser? Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there was an uprising of retaliation among the rest of the workers. Good. And it was said that they put animal blood inside the drawers and cursed the chest with a spell called the Dirge of Conjure. Good. Yep. <laughs> You're like, I think that was appropriate. <laughs> yep. I'm down. Yep. I agree. I, I feel like an, I mean, eye, an eye for an eye, Jeremiah. I am hoping the baby does not get damaged in any way. I, but other I hate, than that. I, okay. So as I was writing this, I was like, I don't know how this is going to go over. 
warning. I'm going to put a trigger warning out. There are some deaths in here that are of children. There are not details or anything like that. It's just me saying that so-and-so passed away. So it's not – no details. If it weren't important, I would not have put it in there. (laughs) Jeremiah did end up putting the chest in his daughter's nursery. So he he hated it so much that he killed the guy, but then he still used it. Well, yeah. That's just a real douche canoe. He put it in his daughter's nursery and filled it with her clothes. The child died soon after. The chest was moved to a room occupied by Jeremiah's nephew. The child filled the drawers with his possessions, and at the age of 21, he was stabbed to death by a servant. After this, the chest was moved into Jeremiah's daughter's home. He had an older daughter, and this was way down the road from the first baby. Shortly after its arrival, she died of a sudden illness, and her husband died, unfortunately, in a boatyard accident. Oh, it is a killer. Uh Uh-huh. Their daughter... Um, it went to Jeremiah's daughter's house with her husband. His daughter had a daughter. So this would be Jeremiah's granddaughter. granddaughter. Okay. Their daughter, Eliza, and her husband, John, then inherited the chest. The chest was put into their daughter's room where at the age of 10, she passed away. Years later, their daughter-in-law was using the chest to store clothes And she suddenly died. There's a lot of generations squeezed in in this amount of time. Well, we got to have people to pass the stressor down to. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, of course. The stressor that I hated so much. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of tragedy. This was a while ago. And we could assume that a lot of these deaths were just due to illness that they couldn't treat or didn't know how to. I I think a few of those we could probably just chalk up to illness, you know, not necessarily a cursed dresser. But I would say after a few, you'd start wondering, like, what is causing all of this? And it doesn't just seem to be children. It seems to be children and adults alike. After that, a relative of Eliza uh, moved into their home married and ended up having a baby boy after birth his clothes were placed into the chest and he passed away at only two weeks old the child's father ended up using the chest a few years later and he also died eliza's husband john had a sister named lucy lucy had made a gift for her son for christmas and hid the gift in the chest before christmas arrived and the gift could be given the boy fell off of a train bridge to his death. Oh. Yeah, that's the only one I had any kind of detail for. The chest continued to be handed down through the family Why? for many decades afterwards, claiming another six family members. Why? That is so many people. Burn it already. No kidding. It's- Sell it for a dollar at a yard sale. <laughs> You know, seriously, sell that shit. So many people, I mean, so many people died at the drawers of this chest, you know, like it's, it's crazy. And it's only if you put stuff in it. So it's not just like if it's in the room, if you put a possession of yours in the chest, it gets you. It's coming for you. You know, I've never been scared of a dresser, but this one makes me a little nervous. Not scared of the dresser, but I am definitely scared of whatever shit is inside. They put on it. (laughs) Yeah. I believe in curses and witchcraft and all of that. And I think that 
Mm-hmm. Somebody done fucked you up and all of your generations to come. Oh, yeah. When I was reading this and trying to type out the notes for it, it was just one death after another. And I could have read you the next six family members because all that information was there. <laughs> but I was like, this is so many. I'm just going to say six more died. Right. I can't go another six more. No. I, I gave you plenty. You get the idea. <laughs> so the chest... After it's been passed down for generations, uh, the chest finally comes to one of Eliza's granddaughters, and her name is Virginia Hudson. She is the one who actually recorded all of the deaths surrounding the chest. So she was kind of the historian of the family, and she went back, figured out where the chest had originated from, the story behind that, and then recorded all of the people who had used the chest and passed away. Um, So... She was kind of important for this story. She essentially was like, that's a fucked up dresser right there. Mm -hmm. I got to find out why. Yeah, (laughs) but she has it in her possession. So Virginia herself was actually a victim of tragedy. When her first daughter passed away after birth and her second daughter was diagnosed with polio. Oh. Yeah. Virginia's son-in-law also died of an overdose. Her neighbor was shot and killed in a hunting accident, and his son was stabbed in the hand, all of which happened after each had placed an item in the chest. I was going to say, what the hell does a neighbor have to do with this chest? Yeah, I think um, what it had said was the neighbor. I just, again, there were so many, I wasn't going to itemize them all out. Right. (laughs) Um, But I think what it said about the neighbor was he had actually stored some hunting gear in In the the chest. chest. Because that looks like a perfect place for hunting gear. Yeah. And also, I don't... Do you have many neighbors coming over asking to store things at your house in your dressers? Especially hunting shit. Yeah, yeah. Just put that in my... You know, put that right under my socks. Right. Lock that up. Where are the keys for these drawers? Somebody lock the drawers. Somebody find the keys already. Keep those doors shut. Gosh. Yeah. I'm going to look at my furniture a lot differently after this. None of my furniture has locks on it, though. I feel like the locks maybe were put on there for a reason. They tried to tell you. Yeah. (laughs) Virginia finally asked um, after all of this, you know, and she's recording this as it's going along. So she she's obviously had a lot of tragedy in her life as well. But she finally asked one of uh, their family's servants if she would know how to get rid of an apparent curse. It turns out that the servant did know what to do and instructed Virginia that she needed to get a dead owl and the owl had to be gifted to her she couldn't go kill it or purchase it herself the owl had to be a gift from someone which is weird because before all this happened someone had actually gifted her a taxidermied owl so she already had one weird (laughs) all right all right i mean i like weird shit and that's you know oh you have an owl i see an owl she's looking around the room she's like "Hmm, what can i tell what kind of weird shit can i tell her this curse needs right to be lifted and yeah i hate that ugly ass owl yeah 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 god i hope that thing goes away let's tell her to like do something crazy with it like burn it in a fire yeah you have to stick the owl in the oven (laughs) right you know that's a good point you bring up could she be trusted Uh, Yes, so Virginia already had the dead owl, and she was to get leaves from a willow tree, one for each family member that had died. So Jesus, it's a lot of friggin' willow. Pretty pretty much the whole tree. (laughs) (laughs) All of them. Uh, The whole tree. Yep, just bring the tree in the house. 
So Virginia set the owl in the kitchen where it could watch the process. So what she was supposed to do with this owl (laughs) was the owl was supposed to be laid somewhere that it could oversee. That's all the owl was for. It was just to oversee the process of whatever she was doing. So the owl did not get destroyed. Oh, damn. I know. I, you know, had it been something kookier like that, it would have been pretty funny. But nope, he's just chilling. Well, it's taxidermy. That it's not. It's real eyeballs. Yeah, Those I, are glass eyeballs. I know. There is no owl overseeing this lady. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess fake eyeballs <laughs> count because the servant didn't stop her. So she placed it in the kitchen where it could watch over the process. She cooked the willow leaves in a pot of boiling water. She then put it in a container and buried it under a flowering bush. The servant then told her that if it worked, the curse was lifted if someone in the house died before the flowers on the bush dropped off. So that's how the curse would be lifted. And that's how you would know it worked. Someone, el- someone one, else died. Yeah, one, <laughs> one last final <laughs> curse sacrifice. <laughs> And it would be over. But only if that person died before all the flowers fell off the bush. Got it. That it was buried under. Or this bitch was like, I'm going to lift this curse, but I really don't like this guy. Right. (laughs) She did it begrudgingly. (laughs) Yeah. So the servant woman died shortly (gasps) after this was done and before all the flowers fell off. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. After Virginia's death, many years later, one of her daughters inherited the chest in the 1950s. The daughter hid the chest in her attic, as you should. Yes. (laughs) Until 1976. So she had it in her possession, but it was... Tucked away. I'm sure she locked the drawers. Yeah, that's a lot of generations and that. It's a ton of generations. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. that's a short time period. But back in the 1800s, were people getting married much, much younger? Yes. Having babies. And yeah. Lots of babies. I kind of feel like that's what the deal was there. So she had it in the attic until 1976 when it left the possession of the family. Virginia's daughter actually donated it mm. to the Kentucky History Museum where it is not on display, but owl feathers can still be found in its drawers. And there is a picture of actual owl feathers with a note in the drawer of the the chest. I mean, again, though, why are the owl feathers in there then? If it just had to oversee shit. I don't know. Maybe she want to make extra sure. It would have been funny if she had just stuffed the entire owl in, like, the bottom drawer. (laughs) That's what I would have done. Get in there. If I opened that shit up and there was a taxidermy <laughs> owl staring back at me, I'd be like, oh, yep, you're going in the attic forever. Yeah. <laughs> but why not on display? I mean, it should be fine as long as nobody puts their shit in it. All of the museum's defenses and both of these stories, somebody gives you something and you're not a Zach Baggins museum, right? right. You're just a regular, like, this is our town museum this is you know the history of our town and somebody says i'm going to donate something to you which is very nice of them but then they give you this kind of morbid history of the item and and the sheer number of people that this chest of drawers claimed supposedly died yeah i i would be nervous to let it be near anyone you know so it's weird to me though that they even accepted it like why not just say no, we're good. You know, we we don't accept items like that. You know, there's nothing actually historic about the town about this dresser. I mean, it kind of is though. That's kind it, of a big deal. It is, yeah. Like it goes back this far. 
Yeah. Not, you know, well, and that, in this that's area. part of it. Yeah. It's probably. I mean, that's the main origin story of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that is why they took it. Maybe because of that specific origin history of it, um, which is terrible. But the rest of it is just a bunch of people dropping dead for generations. But why didn't right. you just burn the shit? Yeah. I mean, it was so ugly. Right. But you kept it for so long why and passed it to your family members i would have immediately burnt that shit once my one kid died if that's what i thought especially if you thought it was ugly to be in with right if i thought it was ugly i would have been like peace out clearly that guy was the biggest douche canoe ever and had no regard for anyone else's life uh that is what i have taken from this cursed dresser. Yes, but the whole family, my God. Even then, you know, after Hoarders. Vir- <laughs> right. Even after Virginia, you know, recorded all these deaths and then why would her daughter ever take this thing? If she's like, her mom passes away, she finds the dresser and her mom probably told her ahead of time, like already knew about it because I would want to tell somebody about this craziness. She passes away, they go to clean out her house and here's this dresser with a notebook on top of it, and it's like... These are all the people he killed. These are the people that fell victim to this killer chest of drawers. Why did she Why put would- her neighbor's shit in the drawers? She clearly didn't like her fucking maybe, neighbor. Because she oh. knew putting shit in that oh. thing was going to kill him. But she put him in anyway. What? There maybe. were like four of them that died under her watch while she was, you know, keeping oh, track Virginia? of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The neighbor, his son, yeah, there were- her husband, and the daughter, right? Well, she had two daughters. One passed away. One was one had polio. But I just I feel like polio was just a polio. You can't right. actually give someone. Right. I don't know. I feel like she murdered all of the people. But you can give someone cursed death. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you could definitely shoot somebody in the woods well, or whatever. Maybe she made that happen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think she put shit in the drawers and was like, "I don't like you today." You know, I wonder. Here's here's something interesting. Okay, this would be a good movie plot. If anybody wants to buy this off me, feel free to <laughs> message me. What if the keeper of the chest controls whatever is murdering? Well, it'd the be people? pretty damn easy to control it. You just put their shit in the exactly. drawer. Exactly. Like, how cool of a movie would that be, though? Like, you have to sneak and get a piece of their whatever, something they yeah. own put it in the drawers, and then wait. And because the guy, what she put in the drawers was hunting gear, he had a A woods accident. accident. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what she was doing. She was definitely trying to um, get this shit killed. Even better would be if someone in the movie owned an antique shop that was only full of all these items that did these things. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. What if they got their soul got like stuck in the? Uh, we've gone too far now. I've gone too far. I don't know. Somebody figure that out and make it because uh, we need some good new scary yeah. shit. <laughs> and haunted dressers is definitely where it's at. <laughs> I know. I mean, the name of the dresser is incredible. Yes. The conjured chest. I totally believe in curses. So mm-hmm. I would not fuck with people. They were fucking pissed off. Oh yeah. You put that amount of soul into anything yeah it has power yeah i don't care who you are i well i feel like if you go to the lengths of killing an animal and squeezing it out over top of anything <laughs> like that's you you've invested in that yep. <laughs> yeah you're, you're invested in that curse 
Well, I think. What did you think? Uh, should we do cursed objects again? I kind of believe that most of the, both of these objects are cursed. Yeah? I think I believe in curses much more than all the other shit that I normally just say this is bullshit. <laughs> so, so essentially, if I find like a ball of my hair or something somewhere, I'm going to fucking flip out. Yeah. If you, if, you, if you find a ball of your hair on my stove in a boiling pot of water, yeah. you're going to know what's up. I'm going to flip out. <laughs> and we can't be friends anymore. With some kind of stuffed animal watching over. Or leaves off a willow tree. <laughs> Wait, I did have a taxidermied squirrel. You did? Yeah, he could overwatch for sure. That's good. So anyway, what the hell happened? What the hell happened yeah. is right. Curses. I think curses. I think they yeah. were cursed. I mean, I, this one's pretty cut and dry. It was curses for it sure. It was definitely cursed. Curses and uh, creepy wandering statues. I don't know. She could be weeping. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm just going to keep staring at her so she doesn't do anything. All right. Well, I'll give you some more cursed objects some other time then. All righty. Sounds want, good. Want to say goodbye? Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> do you have a story that's weird or fascinating? Would you like to have your story read at the end of an episode? If so, please send your story to wthh.podcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing your stories. If you'd like more episodes and bonus content, join Patreon to become a member. If you liked our episode, please remember to like, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.